You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yasai with the take on for the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. You're back for the take on with my good friend who doesn't really re- even need a last name. Tehran, how are you? The best people in the world don't need last names. That's how that it's works. So Madonna, Cher, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus. It's just <laughs> it's one of those things where the people without last <laughs> names are better than people with last names. It's not. Absolutely. I don't write the rules. I don't write the Me. rules. But you follow the rules and you even um, cut my last name to Yas. So it's Amir Yas. Yas. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, how are you? How is everything going? What's up? I mean, life is chill. I cannot complain. I'm not going to lie. I like quarantine. Quarantine has been good. It's been good to me. Mm-hmm. Same here. I've been so busy. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't done. Listen, I haven't done anything. I've I've turned my procrastination into an art form. And now wow. it's just a lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I feel like I'm very suited for, for procrastination. I have life skills that I didn't even realize that I had ever. I cook, like I clean, I Ooh. cook, I clean. I'm basically the housewife I always wanted to marry. Like, I'm amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. You're a domestic goddess. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm here for I'm, it. I'm, I am, yeah, I'm definitely, I will make an amazing bottom. I have a lot of skills. <laughs> I'm just letting That's you know. Amazing. It's actually a thing. It's actually Dude, a thing. That's so, amazing. No, it is a thing. You're, you're very, you have the pulse on, you know, not only the gay community, but just pop culture and all of that. You know what you're talking about. Um, you actually came up with Guzlam, you know, me being a queer Muslim, you came up with Guzlam for me and people love that. So actually you you keep thinking I meant it means gay Muslim. Guzlam is just how I wanted you to be on OnlyFans because I feel like a lot more people (laughs) like, Oh, Guzlam. Okay. And that's definitely, yeah, that's definitely how you get that cash app up. I mean, well, there you go. Well, maybe I need to do that because um, I could use some nice revenue streams right now. I'm trying to help you out. All these people who went to college. Nope. OnlyFans nope. is winning. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of those receipts from people that I know that have OnlyFans. They're making more than doctors. More than Crazy. doctors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without the loans mm-hmm. and the school loans. Yes. Mm-hmm. OnlyFans. In fact, you know, if I have kids and my kids will be like, I want to be. I want to be an astronaut. I'd be like, you better get that dream out of your head. Only fans. You better start watching these. You better start learning from these Instagram hoes. You better learn. Oh God. You better learn how to arch your back to make yeah. that coin. That's exactly. You're so and my, ridiculous. <laughs> my son's going to think this is crazy, but I don't care. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we are gender neutral where I'm at. So it does not Amazing. matter. I love that. I love. I mean, speaking about not giving a shit. I mean, you're definitely have such an amazing way of operating in the world. Like, you just don't give a big fuck. It's like you just. And how did you like? Is that have you always been like that? I mean, like the way you host shows, the Laugh Factory, the way just the way that you operate. Like, you don't. You do your own thing, and you don't give a fuck what people think. It's that's not an easy place to get to. Well, it's easy once you make it your attitude. It's easy Mm -hmm. once you develop that habit and it's easy because it's the best thing for your peace of mind. My Mm -hmm. comfort means more to me. My peace of mind means more to me than everyone's comfort. And I will Mm -hmm. simply always be myself. And that doesn't mean I'll be a horrible 
version of myself. I will try to be the best version of myself, or at least the most accommodating version of myself, but I'm not going to live to accommodate others. And that's what that comes down to. Once you realize that most people's opinions do not matter, and you only care about the things and the people that truly do, your life becomes a lot more simple. Not easy, but simple. There is a difference. Absolutely. Well said. I mean, I I love that distinction too, right? Because I think a lot of people think, okay, I'm not going to care what people think. And then it, everything's just going to be perfect. Well, you ha- it, that's not really the way it works is that yeah, you, you have to work self, at it. Self, those people are at lack of self-awareness. And honestly, mm-hmm. a lot of those people are rapists. Like if you just don't care what people think, <laughs> you just, <laughs> okay, Trevor, calm down. You know, like, <laughs> right, right, right. That's like, that's beyond, like you have to still be like a functioning human being in society. Like you have to care about certain things like laws, etc. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and more important, morals and principles and values mm-hmm. and develop mm-hmm. the person you are. And, it, and it's about truly caring about those who truly care for you and what they think. Or if, if someone's giving me advice that makes me better, I will take that advice into consideration. But if someone's just telling me something to make their themselves more comfortable or live easier, and however I'm doing something just isn't easy for them, I don't care. And the thing about it is, Amir, I know on the surface, I always act so nonchalant, like I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just like chill about everything. And I, I have not a care in the world. And I act like I don't care what people think. But honestly, come on, realistically, deep down inside, I don't give a fuck. Like, I am actually... <laughs> if you understood the amount of how much I didn't care, people would be mm-hmm. appalled. They would be appalled. Mm-hmm. So I actually toned down how much I don't care about what people mm-hmm. think. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. be me and live life for me. Because honestly, I love that. When you when you look in the mirror, you look back at yourself and the only person that you know that for sure will be at your funeral, the only person you know that for sure will be at your funeral is you. So deep, live your life that deep, way. Man. Live your life that way. Mm-hmm. Live your life and mm-hmm. I'm not saying live your life for yourself, but live your life for self. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Look at you spewing this very philosophical nuggets. I love that because it's true. Like on your funeral, like the only person that's guaranteed to be there is you. Um, That's pretty deep, man. I love that. And I think that this, uh, the way that like, again, you said this kind of, I don't give a fuck attitude. Did you think that has something to do with like being a, you know, obviously you're for people that don't know you're Persian and black and it's like operating in that community and the Persian community can be quite racist at times. Do you think that you had to put up with a lot of times or like, do you think that factors in at all? I love how people forget how racist black people can be. Like, Oh, listen, no one's more racist than a black grandmother. Let me tell you that right now. (laughs) No (laughs) No one's more racist than a black grandmother, except maybe a Persian one. So the concept is the concept is when I was, a kid being mixed was very new especially being Mm -hmm. black and persian is still very very unique and rare Mm -hmm. so i just went through so many people had opinions that at one point you just stop caring about opinions and start caring about how you what your opinions are and what your feelings are and how you think and your instinct develops and that's what happened to me thankfully at a very early age or i wouldn't be able to deal i just wouldn't be able to deal with everyone having something to say and as you know as 
someone who's in the limelight, especially when you're in the limelight, it's almost as if you can never please anybody. No matter what you do or say, someone Mm -hmm. is going to be upset. And just because you're offended, and I want to say this to everyone, just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. And people will find Mm. any reason to be offended. They will find any reason to be offended. Wow, that's like, that's pretty like, very dead on because there's a lot of people that get offended online. I get a lot of messages from people that are offended and it doesn't mean they're right. Like you have to distinguish the difference. It does. And here's the other thing, but just because you're offensive doesn't mean you're right Mm -hmm. either. Because a lot of people Mm -hmm. think, well, you're offended. You're a wimp. It's like, no, sometimes people are offensive and it's unnecessarily so. Mm -hmm. So that's where Mm -hmm. it takes that self-awareness and the difference between living for yourself and living for self. And that self comes as an entity that does have the best interest of society as a whole in mind, but also wants their place in that society to not just be an automaton, but an individual within that society where you are saying, I'm a contributing member to the society. This is what I think. This is how I feel. I'm not doing these things to be petty. I'm not doing these things to be dissentful. I am doing these things because I truly feel them. If you have a problem, let's have a conversation. Other than that, there's no debate. Right, right. And especially with like the trolls online as well, that I think some people like they have like two followers and they feel the need to speak up and kind of be like crazy and come at you. And do you think that like, do you engage with that online bullshit or do you just leave it? Like, do you respond to those people or no? Yeah. See, here's the thing. Have you ever heard like, don't feed the animals when you go to mm-hmm. to like uh, a place where the diets of animals are very particular. The same thing. <laughs> the same the thing. Zoo. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mm-hmm. agree with caging animals, so I didn't want right. to highlight to the zoo. However, if you go places where they're like, please do not feed the animals. You can go sure, like a pond it, or something. Exactly. But yeah, mm-hmm. I did mm-hmm. mean the zoo. So here's the thing, <laughs> you're right? so fun. I, I didn't mean the zoo. Yeah, the but pond. the concept the is, <laughs> I don't agree with the concept of the zoo. However, mm-hmm. what I do agree with is the concept of do not feed the trolls. Do not feed mm-hmm. them. Do not give them attention. It's unwarranted. Mm-hmm. So the question you asked me is, do I respond to these people? And the answer is, hell yes. I respond to every single one. I have nothing because I'm a bigger troll than all of them. If I will double <laughs> and triple down, if you have a problem with something that I'm doing, I will ruin your day. I will not, not only will I not stop doing it, I will make sure to keep doing it. I am petty. I, I go back and respond to people that, wrote a comment seven years ago on my Facebook. I will go and respond <laughs> to them now and be like, remember when you said this? Well, look what's going on now. I am I am petty. I am Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I am Petty LaBelle. I am all of the above. I love that. Petty LaBelle is a good one. I like yeah, that. I am. Um, <laughs> I, but so basically you're the kind of person that would accept a speech and then call out your high school, like, like someone that would bothered you in high school. Like you're going to call out the haters. 100%. Call okay. out the haters. Oh no, no, no. Amir June. Let me give you a little Tehran story. Tehran is a troll. In third grade, as we were finishing third grade, we had this thing called field day. And that's when, the last day of school was basically a free-for-all. Everyone could go and just play and we would play sports and there'd be a slip and slide and all the things that we're probably not allowed to have now, but we had, you know, um, 
some years ago. And so here I am playing the sport. We were playing football. I make a touchdown. This kid who was guarding me basically pushes me from the back. And then we get into altercation. And as we're breaking it up and walking away, he sucker punches me right in the face. And then the teacher's coming. So I never had a chance to retaliate. So all summer, all I did was think about how I'm going to punch Robert in the face. That was my whole summer. (laughs) The whole summer? To to the point where I expressed to my parents, I'm going to punch Robert in the face. I'm probably going to get suspended. If I get a good punch, it'll be for two days. I like warned them and everything. That's how I am. I come back to school. Robert has is no longer at our school. He his family has moved. I do not see Robert. I hold that inside. I'm so annoyed. I love to live my life without regret. Fast forward to I'm walking on campus with other team with my other teammates and a couple young ladies who were all we're all going to get food. And I see this kid by the fountain. And I recognize him and I walk up to him. I I immediately leave the conversation as if people were not speaking to me. I walk over to this kid. I'm like, hey, is your name Robert? And he was like, yeah, why? I was like, did you go to Brookfield Elementary School? He was like, yeah. Were you in Miss Johnson's third grade class? Yes, I was. I was like, do you remember me? My name is Tehran. He's like, Tehran, oh, I remember you. And then I punched him in the face. And I felt (laughs) so good. And I was like, remember when you hit me in third grade? I'm not even, and the funny thing was, I wasn't even mad about it. I wasn't mad. It was a call for justice. It was a call for justice. Wow. And this was how many years after? This is, is, at this point, so you're talking about 12 years later, right? Or however many years. Wow, you really held a grudge. Oh, yeah. I I love being petty. It's a horrible quality that gives me life. And and here we go. (laughs) Everyone has a different thing that gives them life. Some people are foodies. Mm-hmm. Some people are foodies. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you ha- had this mushroom Brussels sprout from wherever? No, I've never have because I don't care about that. What gives me life? Some people love playing video games. They love it. They on Twitch and, and 2K, mm-hmm. everything. That's not mm-hmm. for me either. What brings me to life? For you is pettiness. It's pettiness. I love it. Pettiness. And it's not like I'm just generally petty. I'm not generally a petty person. It's all in the name of the principles and morals that I feel the strongest about and in regards. Justice, equality. And therefore, we should arrest the cops that killed Breonna Taylor. And that is the major point of what I had to say. Wow. That... That was that was quite a pivot. I liked that a lot. I mean, it it, it actually made my job easier because I wanted to ask you, um, you know, about the BLM movement, obviously with Breonna Taylor and George Floyd and all that's going on in this country. Do you? I wanted to ask you because you're such a straight shooter that, like, I feel like you'd have the best retort to this. When 9-11 happened, a lot of people would come up to me and say things like, oh, I didn't know that Muslims were terrorists. Or they would say things like that. And now people are saying, I didn't know it was so bad for Black people in this country. I didn't know they were getting shot. When, like, white people come up to you and say things like that, do you have, a like, a good response? Because it's kind of like, how did you miss it? You know, like, it, how it, do you miss that? it's interesting. It's interesting. So I am under the mindset of educate, do not humiliate. Mm-hmm. So I never... Okay. Whenever someone is trying, I never make them feel bad. They're trying. Okay. That's okay. not when I become petty. They're actually trying. Mm-hmm. And so I educate. And recently I put out a, a 
a video that has gone a bit viral where I equate mm-hmm. equate that lack of awareness to the concept of something that I feel a lot of white America is acclimated to, Harry Potter. And I express that Harry Potter went through something very similar. When he was telling everyone Voldemort exists, Voldemort exists, Voldemort exists, and from books one through six, no one believed him. And then at the end of book six, Voldemort literally shows up after Harry Potter's like, turn around, there he is. And everyone's like, no, Harry, no. Well, when he showed up, everyone was shocked. And I'm, I express it when it comes to injustices for African-Americans in the United States and other minorities, because it's not just African-Americans. Black Lives Matter means LGBTQ lives matter. It means Latinx lives yes. matter. It means immigrant lives matter. Black lives mm-hmm. are just the front line, but it's not the end of the line. So mm-hmm. I express that is a form of privilege is when something doesn't affect you, you think it has no effect. That is a form wow. of privilege that all of us, mm-hmm. all of us tend to have. Some have it Absolutely. much more than others. Mm-hmm. And I, well said. I like, I like the Harry Potter comparison because it's, it's very palatable and it's very easy to digest. And it's like, it, it's like since 2001, you know, Muslim people and Middle Eastern people have been like, we're feeling othered in this country. And people are like, really? Is it really that hard? Like you're driving a Benz, you know, like, so it's hard for people to kind of like visualize that feeling. And, and I think because social media, like you, like, you know, your video that went viral and other people that are posting, it's like hard to avoid it. Like, you know, even at the lowest level, if you're a, you're a, ooh, hello? Yes. <laughs> we, we had a little fun interview. That was a Karen, honey, coming in right when I was going to make fun of Karen. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that people can't get away from it, right? They can't pretend that it doesn't exist. So I, I like that, that you said educate, not embarrass, because I think it, there's a knee-jerk reaction, especially for me being someone much like you, we're, we're very quick-witted and, and I'm quite sassy and can be very petty, but I also have to remember not to, to kind of like shut someone down that's actually trying to learn. Yeah, it's very good. Very helpful. It's interesting because it's very easy to be aggressive mm-hmm. and demeaning and degrading, but that's also a right. toxic form of behavior. If someone mm-hmm. comes to you with a valid question, then you should give a valid answer. If they're not trolling you with the question, if they're asking, then you should allow them that escape. You should allow them because we would all be in the same situation if we didn't know something. We've all been in situations where, sure, it might have been some something as simple as, oh, I didn't know that's how you set the time in your car. And someone's like, what, are you stupid? That doesn't help. What helps is if I just show you how to set the time in your car. And then hopefully you learn, and now you're aware. In fact, in Farsi, one of my favorite sayings of all time is, kesi ke khab has, mishe bidar kard. Vali kesi ke khodesho mizane be khab, hich vakht bidar nemishe. Which translates to... It's true. Someone who's asleep can be woken up, but someone who is pretending to be asleep will never awake. That's the concept. Oh, yeah, it's deep. Stay woke. Once you're you're woken up, stay woke. Now that you're aware Mm -hmm. of it, stay aware of it. Now, 
There are a lot of people that are still not aware of it. There are a lot of people who are dismissive of it. There are a lot of people who are dismayed by it. A lot of people feel attacked by it. The people who are attacked is because accountability will always feel like an attack when you're not ready to accept responsibility for your actions. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of America feels. We're not ready as a nation to accept the responsibility for our actions of social disenfranchisement, Mm -hmm. of systemic racism, and of bigotry and biased implications and attitudes. We are not ready because it's not time in our fragile ego right now because it comes off as that's why it feels like such an attack. That's why when people are in the streets protesting racism, it feels like you're protesting Mm -hmm. America because racism is such a part of America, we have a hard time telling the difference. Wow, that's very true. And that's why a lot of people feel like, you know, I, I've seen a lot of veterans commenting like BLM, that look what we did to fight for this country. And it's like, you fighting a war for this country has nothing to do with a movement of people who feel they are being victimized in their own country. Like, it's not the same, but they're connecting those two. And like, even a lot of people with 4th of July, people were like, well, there's nothing to celebrate. Like, this country has like, fucked up once again. And it's like, a lot of people were so offended. I got a lot of DMs when I posted. And this is just my opinion. Like, I just wasn't celebrating 4th of July. doesn't mean you can't. Like, I still watched fireworks, but... And, like, a lot of people were very upset. Like, I got a lot of nasty DMs, and I was like, all right. You had no choice. If you were in Los Angeles, you had no choice but to watch fireworks. There were fireworks everywhere. I like, know, they were everywhere. Are they giving <laughs> fireworks away with these stimulus checks? I don't understand. There's been fireworks <laughs> for the last two months. I do not understand where these fireworks are coming from. That's amazing. However, so true. that's the concern. And to be very honest to the people, and I don't need everyone to agree What I need, Mm -hmm. and I don't need everyone's assistance or to be on board. What I need is caring is not a zero-sum game. It's not if I care about this thing, I cannot care about something else. My My cause, your cause has to lose in order for my cause to win. That is not true. The concept is, the concept is, 4th of July, which is a celebration of the United States of America and the celebration of independence and the declaration of independence in 1776 and then again the signing of the constitution in 1787 so here we get Mm -hmm. 56 delegates and then 37 signers uh or 39 signers i believe so we get these people at this time black people were not included and i see Mm -hmm. this attitude from a lot of immigrants as well being half immigrant i see a lot of family members and friends who are very dismayed by not realizing that black civil rights are civil rights, are human rights, that a lot of immigrants have benefited expressly from black struggle. The concept of citizenship is one that is specifically prohibitive and regulated because of black struggle. The 13th, 14th, and 15th amendments, which give immigrants citizenship and rights, were applied because of black people in this country. Once again, you go forward to the 1967 Civil Rights Act. Those are specifically because of black people and their struggle for civil rights in this country. If you know any immigrant that has married a Karen for a green card, that is specifically allowed thanks to a black court case Mm -hmm. in this country. 
that went to the Supreme Court and loving. So America and especially minorities in America of all nationalities and backgrounds and interest groups have benefited greatly from the black civil rights struggle. And I just want something else to be understood is that Black Lives Matter, which is also an organization, is not necessarily the movement. It's a Venn diagram. The Venn diagram is Black Lives Matter is is a moniker or slogan that is being used by protesters overall. Not all protesters are Black Lives Matter, the organization, and vice versa. Mm -hmm. The simple things that people are protesting, systemic racism, police brutality, racism awareness. That is it. Ending systemic racism, ending police brutality, and having accountability for police actions, and having awareness that racism exists. Those three simple things. Everything else that people throw in is a personal agenda. However, the overall agenda is this. And once again, that Venn diagram includes this. Protesters are not looters. Looters are not protesters. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult when you have very little knowledge on the subject because everything seems to mesh together and look the same. However, we know that, for example, people are Irish or Scottish or English. We know the differences when it comes to those things, even though from the outside, that would all look the same as well. Sometimes right. in order right. to understand something, you just need a little more information on something. So a lot of people with a lot of opinions have very little actual information on the very subjects they have a lot of opinions on. Right. Well, because they don't want their opinions to be affected by fact, right? Like if you don't have the facts, you can continue to spew a bunch of opinions. But And, and I think in the U.S., Tehran, there's a lot of like privilege in even seeing oppression or even 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 like before the movement started this year, even like, let's take something as like universal as homelessness. A lot of people would rather not see it. They're just like, Oh, I'm going to cross the street. I'm going to going to pretend it's not there. And I think that America loves to do that. Right. They love to point at other countries and say, Oh my God, look how bad they are to gay people. Look how bad they are to black people. Look how bad they are to their citizens in other countries, but they'd rather not deal with it on their own in their own country. And I think that is hopefully something that's changed because I have gotten tired of that double standard, that American double standard of like, we have a perfect country and everyone else is problematic. Sure. And it's that hypocrisy, which bothers people the most, right? Because we're a country that's mm-hmm. founded on principles. And one of those principles I, I want to add is specifically the principle of protest. Protest is specifically the ideology all of the delegates and all of the signers all agreed on, which is why it's in our very first amendment, considering all of the amendments that came afterwards, the first amendment specifically was the right of free speech or the right to protest because this country is founded on protest and protest is not criticism. It's critique. We want this country to be better. Like the Boston Tea Party. The Boston Tea Party is a great example of a very violent protest that people like have made into this like folklore story of like protesting in America. It's like how is that? A hundred percent. And I actually wrote a post recently that also seemed to go viral in which I equated I, I basically wrote the facts of the Boston Tea Party out 
and people got very upset <laughs> about this. And I, I posted it as if I was upset. Basically, a group of people, <laughs> they disrupted, they, they trashed stuff. Oh, these are writers. These are looters. Everyone got upset. And then I was like, this is the Boston Tea Party. That's what you're upset mm-hmm. at. Mm-hmm. So just know, just know, whenever you think about You really set them up there. I love it. <laughs> always, right? That's the petty in me. Always re- remember, remember there are times where we sit there, and we've all done this, where we think about a moment in history, a moment in time where now it, we know that right meets wrong, good meets evil, and we always wonder why were so many people so complacent. How is that even possible? Mm-hmm. We think about this when it comes to slavery or World War II, the Holocaust. We think about this all the time. Just know, when you think about what you would have done then, you don't have to. People always wonder, what would I have done then? Don't. Don't wonder. You're doing it right now. Whatever you're doing mm-hmm. right now is exactly what you would have done then. If you're complaining now, you would have complained then. When when slaves were gaining freedom, you would have complained. You would have said, but that's not the way we do things. Come on. This is just Mm -hmm. easier this way. It's not that bad. You would have done that. We're going to lose our livelihoods. Like, we're going to lose our land. I mean, there's a lot of people that... And it's like, even now, people are more upset about Target getting burned down. A company with billions of dollars in insurance than people getting murdered. Like, people are so upset they looted a Target. It's It's like, who cares? It's No, no, no. I care. I care. It's not not okay that Target was looted. It's not okay that people took advantage of a a morally... Of a situation. Mm -hmm. Morally good movement and took advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And under the guise mm-hmm. of frustration, it's not okay. Mm-hmm. What's less sure. okay is murder. So the concept is mm-hmm. two wrongs don't make a right. And it's possible that there are two wrongs and one can be more wrong than the other does not make the other right. It just simply means that this is more wrong. This is more wrong. Murder is wrong. Rape and murder, more wrong. No one thinks murder is good. No one should think murder is good. Within reason, no one's thinking murder is good. But if you right. heard there was a story of murder, and then you heard another story, and it was rape and murder, you would be like, that right. is so much worse. So right. much worse. Absolutely. It's okay. There Absolutely. are two wrongs. Looting is wrong. Looting is wrong. It's inappropriate behavior. It is an unfortunate byproduct of frustration. It is an unfortunate mm-hmm. byproduct of criminal behavior at times, there are many different reasons why people loot. But remember that looting sometimes happens to our own, even if someone loses a hockey game or a baseball game or when the Lakers, you know, lost. Like there's a lot of moments where people kind of forgot that a lot of white people will burn things and flip cars. And but it's just, but see that even of itself, that like the way that the news stopped reporting on the BLM movement once the looting minimized is, is a clear indication of the of the undertone and the systemic racism, even in the way the media reports. Because they want the loot, because that's to them very salacious. Maybe, maybe you know? it's about systemic racism, or, or maybe it's us. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we have to realize what role we as a society play. Literally, we can right. do whatever we want to do. We are the people. The three most dangerous words ever uttered in English language, we the people. The most dangerous words mm-hmm. ever uttered. 
And the biggest lie ever utter, uttered, justice and liberty for all. So when you combine the two ideas, we the people, we the people can change. News creates output in order for us to consume. So if we give ratings to good news, they will play good news. We do not. We do not. So we don't have to be led. Give ratings to bad news. We don't have to be led. We don't have to be programmed. We can choose not to be programmed. We can choose not to be misled. That is on us. Right. We, of course, I'm not absolving media and systemic racism of its part. What I'm not allowing is for us to simply say the easiest excuse of all, well, what could I do about it? Because we're oftentimes looking around for someone to do something. We see something happen. We're like, man, I wish someone would do something about that. Well, look in the mirror. Look at that. You, it just happens to be, you turned out, you are someone. So do something about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. I mean, it's, we have that power. And I think, you know, especially with, you know, celebrities stepping up and a lot of people are being very vocal. And how do you think like comedians can, as this movement, you know, as things start opening up and, you know, comedy clubs and obviously Laugh Factory is still doing um, like very safe shows. How do you think comedians can incorporate this and tell a message without being preachy? Like, can, can you navigate it with stand up? Well, first of all, to address the Laugh Factory, what we're doing at the Laugh Factory, we haven't had a show since Mm -hmm. March 14th. We've been doing the Instagram Live where we adhere to quarantine Mm -hmm. and comedians do not specifically interact with one another and are social distance at any given time. Mm -hmm. And the Laugh Factory has been decontaminated. So that's where we're at. And at this point, ever since the, the increase in movement with Black Lives Matter, out of respect, the Laugh Factory has actually been closed and been holding protests oh, wow. and vigils okay. in its space out, outside, closing down the streets, oh, wow. creating a mural. Love that. Creating a mural with uh, for Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and a wall with all the names of of those killed due to systemic racism oh. and police brutality over the last mm-hmm. five years. So. Oh my God, go you. So that was that. Go, go Laugh go Factory. Go Laugh Factory and everybody involved and Jamie Masada, mm-hmm. they've been amazing at that. As far as comedy goes, mm-hmm. comedy, you have to understand, comedy is a measure and a thermometer of pop culture, trending matters, mm-hmm. and social commentary. Good comedy makes you laugh, but great comedy makes you think. The best response to comedy mm-hmm. isn't just, ha, ha, ha. It's, that's so true. That's the best response. Mm-hmm. And that's where comedy right. plays this part. Who are the people that make you think the most of society over the last two decades? Whether it's Dave Chappelle, John Stewart, Wanda Sykes, Trevor Noah, Stephen Colbert, mm-hmm. simply comedians. They're just comedians. Comedians have the ability to reach the masses and give a voice and be a platform for the voices of the unheard. That is our responsibility to speak our truths. And those truths, they are representative of a variety of different voices. And many of us are in the streets. Many of us are people of color. Many of us are LGBTQ community. Many of us are Latinx. Many of us are with struggle. Mm 
And all of these voices get mm-hmm. heard and we speak up and speak out. We don't just stand up. We don't stand up, but that's the premise of stand up, that we won't sit down and take it. We will stand up. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on that topic, Taryn, I, I got a lot of questions from people being like, white people specifically being like, how do we be a good ally? Like, what does that look like? Is it listening? Is it showing up? Is it donating? Like, what makes a good Well, the ally? first first thing right. I want to point out is this isn't a black versus white issue. This isn't a us versus them mm-hmm. issue. It's us versus mm-hmm. the problem. It's good versus wrong, evil. Mm-hmm. What's right? It's the right side of history versus the wrong side of the tracks so just be aware of that it's not just white people it's all people and specifically privileged people those who feel very worried about it is because to the privileged equality will always feel like oppression so you get this group of people who feel oppressed by this movement who may or may not necessarily be conducive of it but because of their complacency they are allowing for it to continue and they benefit from it. And that's why when you're talking to people who are allies or accomplices, the first thing you can do is simply be aware. Number one is awareness. Just be aware, simply knowing, knowing that racism is a problem, racism exists, simple foundations, systemic racism is a problem, systemic racism exists, police brutality is a problem, police brutality exists accountability or lack thereof is a problem. Lack of accountability exists. Being aware is the first step. Mm-hmm. Period. Simply being aware Absolutely. and admitting it's like any denigration. It's any any problem you have, whether it's alcoholism or drug abuse, or in this case, racism, being aware is the first step. Second is educate yourself. I pointed out that a lot of people have a lot of opinions on matters they, they tend to have very little information on. I've never been quoted Martin Luther King more in my life than right now. Everyone knows every Martin Luther King quote ever, and people are telling me what Martin Luther King would or would not be okay with. I just want people to understand, King is his last name. It's not his designation amongst the black people. He's not the king of black people. He's not the inventor of black people. Mm -hmm. He's not the only black leader that's ever existed. He's not the only black civil rights leader. Honestly, Martin Luther King is one amazing, amazing cog in an entire machine. And we love amongst others. Educate yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's so many different types of people. And it's like, you know, for a lot of people, it was like, oh, King was nonviolent. And, you know, Malcolm X was. And it's like the separation. And it's always like, and again, a lot of, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and a lot of what even they said that, you know, Martin Luther King was nonviolent. A lot of the violence that did happen to Black people during the civil rights movement was intentionally swallowed. So it would be like, oh, we're being nonviolent. A lot of that was intentionally swallowed to build that movement. Um, it was all very intentional and people need to do their research. So. People do need to do their research. This and if the they time. took this time, especially we should all be coming out of the quarantine smarter and more educated than we went mm-hmm. in because instead of watching Tiger yeah. King, we could watch Martin Luther King <laughs> if we wanted to. Exactly. We could read a book. Exactly. So 
what we could do is educate ourselves, especially since we have so many opinions on this topic. Educate yourself. Read. Read about African-American history. Read about racism in the United States. Read about black struggle if you want to. But if you don't want to, then just remember you chose not to. You chose not to. And therefore, does your is your opinion as valid? I wouldn't I wouldn't go to a doctor that had not gone to med school. I wouldn't take their medical opinion into account as much. I don't ask. I don't I tend not to ask homeless people for real estate advice. It's just it just seems like common sense to me. Not that there are not people without housing who would not be able to give me advice. It's just simply logically speaking. Not as layered. It's not as layered. Exactly. (laughs) So the same thing. Take Mm -hmm, the time to mm -hmm. educate yourself. Number three, have conversations. Speak. Talk about this, especially with people of color, people who actually have this experience, people who have actually gone through these things. Talk about it. It's okay. Talk about it. Discuss it. Discuss it. You'll be okay. And especially with an open mind. The same way that you're okay if you're uncomfortable for a second you know what i mean Tyrone? i always tell people i'm like it's okay if you're not always comfortable it's okay if you know like there have been moments where i've been in town halls and people have told me like amir don't speak right now like we're speaking listen you know and it's like it's uncomfortable but it's important to also listen and to take things in and and to be uncomfortable it's i mean racism is uncomfortable it is extremely so i don't know why people it is extremely uncomfortable it's uncomfortable to to look at the the worst you it's uncomfortable do it absolutely or it's hard to look at the ways that because i'm white passing i've had privilege in this business like i i it's like it's it's not an easy thing to be like well i'm not white but i do look white so i do get some privilege at times you know so like it's just being aware i think and and i wanted to ask you um i love talking to you obviously but i wanted to ask you when you came to la um you know from washington dc and you're just like you come here and you want to like create a career and you've, you know, you've done such an amazing job and you become friends with so many celebs and you've created this world. The answer is yes. I, I slept with Will Smith. I slept with Jada. And I slept. (laughs) Are you in an entanglement is what I was going to ask you. Jamie Foxx. If that's what you're asking me, the answer is yes. Okay. Fine. Okay. Okay, For some people it's a blow job for me. I'm trying to make it a career. What do you want? What is it that you're asking (laughs) me? That's exactly what I wanted to ask you about entanglements. How do you get to the top? Did you sleep your way to the top? I wouldn't know. I'm nowhere near the top. I'm simply moving up. And if there was a way to sleep my way to the top, personally, that would be my choice and I would do so. However, honestly, for all the people who believe that, no one sleeps their way to the top. No one. No one sleeps their way to the top. People are extremely talented People are extremely dedicated to their craft. And people love to make these excuses. Talent is an excuse. It just means someone who's practiced and practiced and practiced and failed and failed and failed and practiced and and went through. Are there privileges and are there certain people who have more opportunities? The answer is yes. Clearly, that's the case. There are many different forms of privilege. There are many different forms of advantages. There are many different forms of opportunities that present themselves to people who are more connected, nepotism. All of these things play a part. But ultimately, at the end of the day, those who make it to the top have maybe had all those things and still work their asses off to get there. That is the truth. 
Absolutely. And it's, and again, it's not easy and also to not only get to the top, but then sustain a career. It's, I mean, it's, it's damn near impossible. Yeah, so, where, and I think a lot of people, that's do where you need to start sucking penis is when you have to try to sustain the career. <laughs> All of us are sucking penis. Sometimes they're female penises. Sometimes they're male penises. It doesn't matter at any time. It doesn't matter. We're all, yeah, it, whatever it is. And I think a lot of us that do, like, that people that do sleep, you end up sleeping your way to the middle. Not so even. Not, great. not even. Um, <laughs> I wish. I wish that was the case. <laughs> um, you are too much. I would want to ask you before I let you go, um, if you were to go, because, you you know, you have so, you've interacted and, and met so many great comedians and you have so many friends that are, you know, great comedians as well. Who would you take on a deserted island with you? My favorite comedian... My favorite comedian of all time is Dave Chappelle. The nicest comedian mm-hmm. of all time are, it's a tie between Maz Jobrani and Max Amini. Oh yeah. Maz is My so nice. comedian that I look up mm-hmm. to in so many ways, Whitney Cummings, mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish. The person I take with me mm-hmm. on this deserted Island is Amir Yoss. Oh, you're so nice. I didn't even tell him to say that. Oh, guys. no, no, no. I'm not taking you because I like you. You kind of have like what? a fleshy butt. What? I feel like I would kill and eat you. And oh I my sustain. God. I, I was like sustain. so excited. You have, like, That's you so have mean. such good, like, like, you know, when people are like, oh, oh, I could eat you. You're that person. Literally, I would eat you. Literally. <laughs> Oh, I don't know why I think that's so sweet. I love you. You're the best. What a nice friend. You look like you'd be delicious. You know, you have that, you have that (laughs) Persian-ness with the guy. So it's like white meat, but also dark meat, you know, it'd be delicious. Yeah, you get you get both the best worlds, and it probably tastes yeah, like and saffron. You, so and you it's eat not well, bad. so I know it'd be like, oh, look, organic. Yes. You know, it'd just be like. <laughs> yeah, you know, I love an organic moment. Yeah, that's that's a very that's the nicest cannibalistic comment well, I've ever gotten. I'm, so thank I'm you wondering how many cannibalistic comments you've gotten for this to be the nicest, but I'll take it. I'll accept <laughs> that. Thank you. Just take it. It's thank a nice you. one. It's a I very nice it. one. Um. Oh my god. That's amazing. Thank you, Tehran, for being with us. Um, tell everyone where they can follow you in the Literally, meantime. Literally, I am Tehran all across the board. I-A-M-T-E-H-R-A-N. It's always on my hat or most of the articles of clothing that I wear. My name is Tehran, like yes. the capital of Iran. So if you don't know how to spell it, just watch Fox News. It will come up eventually. You can just, if you turn on <laughs> Fox News, they're talking about it right now. <laughs> that's amazing that is very very true i feel like tehran is at the top of every fox news um anchors agenda that's amazing um you are so funny and i can't wait you know for the laugh factory to be up and running and have you know crowds in there yeah, hopefully everything's closed. very soon and have everything's you closed so it's crazy it actually uh, i mean i was sad when i heard everything was closed because i was just about to go to the gym just about that was sarcasm just about. just about to go to the gym oh no it closed oh. you're like oh, oh no. no i was putting on my sneakers no. oh no you can still work yeah. out at home no i'll just wait till the gym opens i'll just wait i'll just wait you gotta wait for the gym to open i get it i get it um thank you everyone for being here for the take on for the broadway podcast network i'm amir and i had such a great time with everyone bye everyone Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. 
You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.